Okay, uh, welcome to the EcoIQ podcast. I'm your host, uh, Aaron Henderson. And uh, today we've got a very special guest, uh, Talia Schneider from Israel. Um, Talia Schneider is uh, the, um, the owner and the manager of Yar Books, which is a, a publication house in Israel, which is like the first publication house to publish uh, books on the subject of permaculture in Israel. And uh, she translates also many books concerning uh, nature connection and aromatherapy, and uh, she's very, very um, prolific. And uh, uh, Talia is, um, is uh, coined by many as the guru of permaculture because she was the first one that pioneered the uh, um, bringing permaculture to Israel from England. And then um, uh, I'll, uh, I'll let uh, Talia introduce herself, but just to say that uh, probably one of the most prolific people in this in this field in in. Uh, in Israel, so I thought it's a good time to showcase her to the rest of the world. So uh, with that, uh, welcome to the to the podcast, Talia. It was a very big uh, <laughs> <laughs> pronounce, pronouncing so, myself. So Talia, just uh, just for some, there's some people, this is also going for international audience, so there's some people that don't um, know your work. And also, hopefully, I'm hoping there's going to be some people in Israel also don't know your work. We can introduce a few more people. Um, so just if you could tell us a little bit about like what's your uh, background, it's just a little hagdama, a little uh, introduction. The Eco IQ podcast is focused on on um, on the connection with nature. We like focus on um, raising the ecological intelligence by creating more of a connection with uh, with nature. So most of our audience have already had um, uh, a deep connection with nature in the past. And, uh, and they're just trying to either deepen that or reconnect with that. So um, just with that in mind, what, what brought you, what's your, let us know a little bit about your journey that brought you to be the, the permaculture guru of Israel. Well, not the guru, but the, the grandmommy. Grandmommy. When I was 30, I, they called me grandmommy of the permaculture. I don't like the word, word guru so much. Okay. Um, so I was raised up in a house that was very much into crafts. Both of my parents are touching any kind of crafts and I guess from the natural material connection from a very young age, the smells and the special blessing for every fruit and other stuff my parents brought into the house, I was drawn into looking for a relationship with nature. And so in the army, I was very lucky to be a guide in, a, in one of the biggest uh, groups of the permaculture guiding in Israel. Like I didn't have to be a soldier, I could be a teaching nature and guide a, a children guide. And then I discovered that this is what I want to do. I don't, I'm looking for to work with plants. So I went to, lo- to learn a gardening, just a simple horticulture course. And all the course, I was nervous because I felt every word they're saying is contradicting what I studied in the ecology and nature as a guide. Everything was wrong. They just taught me how to kill and destroy everything that is alive. So all the course I used to look for other material, there was nothing in, in the in Israel, only the beginning of the beginning of stuff. When, when was that, Alice? Sorry to interrupt. Like, was, uh, I'm not very good at years, but it was 25 years ago. Okay. So, so about two, 2000 and, uh, 1995. Okay. So I used to bring articles and they want to kick me out of the course all the time because I said everything, <laughs> it couldn't be like this. You, you're, you're teaching me this, but I don't believe you. And then uh, I found one amazing book of uh, one of the first organic uh, Israeli garden, gardeners, Shlomo Ilan. And from there, I started to look for more and more circles and deepen it. And, it, and in the same time, I also like every good Israeli, young, young uh, army, uh, <laughs> every, everyone that finishes the army here are doing their uh, baptizing in India. <laughs> And so I went to India, and then I was very lucky to live in, in the north, in the Himalaya, with a family for two years, and studying weaving. And I was with them during all the day, from the morning to the night, eating with them, 
for them it was even frightening in the beginning. So we had to start a relationship between them. And then after a few years there in this project, adults, the parents of the kids started to come and tell me, Talia, we teach our kids, they bring home all these ideas. We want to know also. So I said, I, can't, I don't know, Kilo, I'm too small. I know how to make nice things with kids. They said, no, no, you can teach. And this is how the first course came up. I had 35 people in this course. course. And since there, I'm teaching for 20 years. There like, were several days course, Kilo? There were extended yeah, courses? Yeah, it was or a just full PDC. Which is uh, how... how uh, it's 80, 80 hours long. That's a permaculture design course, 80 yeah. hours, okay. Well, it's 72 hours, but no, it doesn't matter. And just people just kept on coming and wanting to study. And this is like, for 10 years it went like this, just more and more courses. Now I have uh, 125 courses behind me. I'm teaching mm, a wow. lot. And in the beginning, I, take, I, I was teaching alone because there was no permaculture people in Israel. But today, I have a staff of 21 teachers that are they talk amazing people doing amazing stuff. And everyone are into implementing it and not only speaking about it, which is the main point. But after 10 years, I felt this is also not enough. It's not really what I, I'm here for. And I didn't want to do copy and paste from permaculture Australia or permaculture United States or permaculture Europe. I was looking for the local permanent culture and agriculture that my ancestor knew. And I started to look in books. I opened the Mishnah and the Gemara and the Torah. What, wasn't, what did you feel what was, wasn't quite enough for you, Tanya? I felt it's a, it's a copy and paste. It's not... It's like, the... it's like for Masanova Fukuoka is speaking about natural farming. He's saying, you cannot copy and paste my idea. It's... It's a natural farming. You have to observe and look for your own thing. And if I'm also only hearing the word permaculture, so I hear permaculture is permanent culture and agriculture, meaning only when you have a deep day-to-day -day life connection between culture and agriculture, we can really be reviving ourselves and being permanent. So if I wasn't, wasn't uh, local enough, wasn't, uh, it wasn't local. the content wasn't and local. I and I felt very strongly that the most important point of permaculture is about being local. Meaning I stopped flying. I'm not going abroad anymore. <laughs> not to India and not to Europe. Wow. Not to bring information. And since then I didn't fly. Mm. I'm staying here. And I know all the information is here. We call it behind, uh, uh, under the bridge. Yeah, under, under the bridge, you have all the treasures that you need. And I found, and I still found, I'm still finding it's endless. An amazing um, a source of, of permaculture, local information, indigenous information. People are not used to think of Israelis as indigenous people, but we are most, one of the most indigenous ancient people in the world. Mm. And we have amazing luck or amazing grace that all this information was written down by, by our ancestors. We have recipes of how to use local weeds. It's, a, it's, a, it's something I really want to, I want to, I wanted to touch on, uh, Talia, but uh, the fact that, um, that you touch on, in your courses specifically, I've noticed that you, it's not, when you go to a course by Talia Schneider, it's not only really about um, uh, learning the techniques of permaculture, it's also you, it's also, it's also <laughs> yeah, you're very, it's very, yeah, it's very I, professional. You're also very practical, Talia, right? that's, that's one thing nobody can uh, take away from you. Talia's <laughs> courses are highly, highly practical. I've noticed like likes to um, very much uh, um, every 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 bit of theory has to go with a bit of practice, you know, and it likes to do it right now, which fits the Israeli um, mindset, which is like, you know, okay, what what can I do with this? So I, I did want to talk about this uh, deeper connection that I felt a lot in in a lot of your courses that you run, Tali, but like very um, uh, it is very practical, but also there's like another area there which is like very fits with the with the audience of EcoIQ, which is that you make a, it's very important for you to make a connection between the people and and uh, and what they're doing and the, and and working the land and also specifically here you also make a, a very deep connection about Israel itself but before we get to that I just wanted to ask you a little bit um um 
I heard quite a few times in your story that you had like a few, what do you call like light bulb moments where uh, something like clicked for you. I just wonder if you could highlight like one or two of those. I heard there was one uh, when you, like a few times where you said it's, it's not enough. I feel like that was kind of like those moments yeah. when you, is there one of those you could just like, uh, you know, highlight for us to say like when you felt like, aha, uh -huh, like the penny dropped and yeah. you like shifted your, uh, or maybe it happened a few times. Yeah, it happens all the time. And actually I have a book about it. India is returning wow. gifts. It's wow. all about pennies that dropping. And this is how we even call it in the book. All the time, pennies are dropping like a rain. Okay, so you just got used uh, to it. So it's like very intensive. Uh, but I can say like, I think for me today, the most important point is that I remember when I sat in the first permaculture course uh, uh, with the... <coughs> George Sobel and Pepsi Gerard in England it was my first course. It was an intensive two weeks from morning to night, all the time speaking, speaking. And I just came from Israel. English was very difficult for me. I was like <laughs> almost suffocating myself with it. The, the new information and in English. And I remember one point that she said something, I was secular then. And and meaning, secular meaning, I did, didn't have a clue about my ancestors. This is the meaning of it. And I remember she was saying uh, that it takes seven, seven years to, uh, to uh, bring the soil into a state of regeneration. Uh -huh. And she was speaking about permaculture stuff. You have to do this and this and this. And first six years, you have to put a lot of effort. And then in the seventh years, you're supposed to get to a point that the nature is gardening, gardens. And it's more like self-sustainable, you could say. Yes. Okay. This is what I meant. And I don't know, it sounds familiar. I didn't <laughs> really remember, but it sounds some, like something where I had this idea, I don't know where. And it took me almost 10 years Whoa. to remember that she meant, actually, she didn't, she didn't mean, but my ancestor meant, they called it Shmita, which means letting go. It's the art of letting go. This is my new book that I'm writing right now. It's an actually pl plan from, from the Torah uh, of six years of actions. This is how we call them in Hebrew, the six years of actions. This is how the Torah is calling them, reaching to the seventh years that is a high, highly abundant. Uh, and in Hebrew, it's the same word. Seven is Sheva and abundant is Shefa, which means it's the same word. In another word, if, it's, if you replace in Hebrew, the, you play with the, word, with the letters and you change the word of the word, the letters of the word Sheva, seven, you get the word grass, Esib. So I, it hit me that mm. it's actually the same idea. There are more words there, but I won't get into it now. It's too, it's too much. But only these three words. There is something to do with the growing and dying of the grass it has something to do with abundance. It has something to do with a rhythmus or a pattern of seven that is crucial in order to work correctly with the rhythm of the nature. Okay. And, and you felt like a moment when that happened or was it like over a period or just... A, just the, the game of the word came in like a boom, because in Hebrew it's... It's almost eight words that you can take out of this uh, game of the words of seven in, in grass in, in abundance, in more words. And this just clicked me. And then started a period of almost 10 years of investigating it and finding it. And today what we have is actually a program for six years of work. What do you have to do for six years? Like a recipe uh, in order to bring you to the seventh years with abundance. In, Hebrew, in Israel, it's very critical because for people that are keeping Shemitah, we haven't been here for 70 years and we just came back and we have this really weird uh, calling from the Torah for us as Israeli to stop any agriculture or economic uh, activity in the seventh year. Hmm. That's a pretty Which big call. It's actually sustainability. It means... Don't be a slave to all the you know, to the systems that are holding you and suffocating you during the six years usually. Okay. Try to get to a point that in the seventh years you'll have abundance. Now, people can say, okay, it's not a problem. We speak about it all the time in permaculture. We have lots of farms all over the world where people are 
completely um, satisfying all their needs from the farm. But usually what I saw is that it's not speaking about communities that are doing it, but on private people. So like I cut myself from the society, I go somewhere very remote, and then I'm doing sustainable me. I'm sustainable me, me, me. And I felt this is not permaculture. And in any, any way, it's not an Israeli permaculture because we have it's, a very, it's a very bit easier for people to 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 develop um, that connection when they're by themselves. Yeah, but I feel the whole point, and maybe this is why we have this gift that Israel is such a tiny place, and no one has a place for a huge farm anyway. <laughs> if you have you have half an acre, you feel so lucky. Um, so I feel the real Israeli permaculture is about cooperation between people and working in the cities and bringing the, growing the food into the cities and doing only few things and taking from others and replacing from others. And then the, the really important things is about caring to each other and doing it together. And actually also the, the pattern of the Shemitah, of the seventh years that we have from the Torah, of the letting go in the seventh years, is also actually calling for this amazing, uh, giving to each other. Interdependence. In, interdependence. I, 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 it's, uh, very, it's very amazing, actually. Especially, like, I, I, I feel that a lot from your work, Tali, that, like, when you, especially when you do courses, also from the books, but it's very important also the human connection, not only the, a lot of the time we talk about nature connection, but we're going to have a lot of guests on this podcast that they talk very much about the nature connection. But over here you talk about also like a, that it's important to also have a human connection between each other. Completely. I feel this is the call of, well, every nation has a special gift to the humanity and mm. this is the gift of Judaism mm. and of Israeli society to the human beings. And this point is about... Thank you, sorry. Um, I think the main voice that I hear again and again from people of ecology all over the world, in people all over the world, not only about community, about ecology, mm -hmm. is that human beings are bad. We are the yeah. pests. Original sin, like we the, in the yeah. okay. Well, this is Christian saying, it's a misunderstanding okay. of the Torah. Yeah. But completely, it, Judaism is telling us, this is false. Mm. Human beings are not pests. The opposite is true. Human beings can do nature better. And mm. this is actually the reason that we are here. And I feel the whole point of Judaism is how to do it, how to put us together doing it, the making the world better, making the soil better, making the forest more productive, making everything we do more and more abundant. And this is by understanding that human beings are here to lift the creation and not to destroy it. This is a choice. We have a choice here. But also... One, if, if I can teach one thing, one thing in my courses, this would be the only thing that I will teach. Human beings are not pests. Okay. We are really, really good people. So you could say, you could do, you could say people could have like a better effect on the, in essence, so you could like use technical language, like they can accelerate successions. Quite technical language just means there is mm -hmm. like a succession in nature and, and as it goes from more simple to more complex, and you're saying like uh, as people we, we have ability to accelerate that yes but not not as one people here and there mm. cutting themselves from society as a group of people working okay. together as humanity as one nation so you feel it's not just about techniques you feel there's something essential about that connection between the people without that it's not going to work completely. so completely well. and my aim mm. now is to find a small plot in israel with my 21 people and starting our school for shemitah and okay. teaching the whole world how to do it. Okay, I got, I, I, uh, it's uh, something it's like a lot of people don't talk about a lot, which I think is even sometimes even more interesting, is uh, I don't really believe there's anything such a thing as failures in life. I think it's more like uh, lessons to refine which direction we're going. 
but I'd be really curious to know, like, one of your, I mean, permaculture, it's, a, it's kind of like, I think, a series of, of failures. I forgot what the technology is, happy accidents. Mm. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm sure there's, there's quite a few big lessons, but if you could just like pick one or two, like big, you remember like big challenges or big lessons that you, that like shaped you? Wow. Yeah. Just, just every, one or two. Every day. <laughs> every day is a couple of mistakes. <laughs> Completely. Okay. But some, you know, some, some uh, big, uh, well, big challenges, especially to do with your connection, maybe, but you know, maybe you had a bit of doubts or something. Yeah. First, I feel as a gardener every day because the biggest gardener is Hashem. Okay, what's, what, for our listeners, what, what Hashem is another word for, for God. Yeah. In Genesis, we call him, in, in Genesis, we call him the first gardener. Okay. And okay. he's the biggest gardener. And I think as a gardener... You're saying you feel a blessing from the, the first... The first uh, <laughs> thing is the, is the blessing that you're getting from the... Yes, and, the also, and also from as a gardener... <coughs> I always say I chose this uh, occupation of gardening because when things are not are messing up and it's not working, so the soil is just eating them and no one can see. Okay. Like you planted all this bed. Very, forgi- very forgiving. <laughs> very forgiving. Okay. Yeah, and no one knows that you did all these uh, I don't know plants and it, they didn't uh, pop up. Yeah. Um, okay, but you so, must have had a few in your in your actual like I mean there there was also the gardening. There's also your your own personal journey. I yeah. mean like you know. The, the more books right. you do, the more courses. There's something there that, like, you know, one I time feel, you... I, I feel the human point is... Uh, just a second. Oriana Shamani, in the middle of something, we're recording. We're recording, I actually, I ju- just wanted to, just to explain a little bit. We're doing this um, interview, actually, um, because like Talia said, Talia is, uh, you know, thank God, has uh, quite a large family. She's among her many other uh, talents of doing a lot of books and a lot of translations, a lot of courses and a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, things going on. She also managed to still hold a, a big household. So we're doing this interview. <laughs> so we're doing, <coughs> sorry about that. So we're doing this uh, interview actually inside a um, traditional sukkah because now it's holidays in Israel. So just outside her, uh, her small uh, bookshop in the, in the, in the hills of Yerushalayim. So it's a bit of a, um, we moved the studio. Our studio is normally in, city of, of Jerusalem so we, we got the mobile studio happening today so that's uh, that's really here just uh, one of Talia's kids <laughs> so okay so you're saying just we were talking about uh, some, some kind of yeah. challenge or well maybe uh, but first I will say something about okay. it because people say you get you're taking a, a interview with someone into so deeply into ecology and then she has all this big family <laughs> so how come you know people used to, to say that they there is explosion of too many people in too the world. Too many kids, yeah. So I don't believe it, of course. Okay. I believe that uh, you can grow a lot of kids with a very, very low footprint, or you can grow two kids or one kid with very high flying there, buying there, mm-hmm. doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I'm saying all the time in the spirit of Judaism, there is no too many people. There are too many wheels. People too want. Wheels. They want too much. Too much management. So. Too much. We want too oh, much want to too ourselves. Much. Ah, okay. We want to receive okay. more and more and more and more. And this is okay. the biggest problem of get, ecology. Get used to less. People speak about ecology and then they fly <coughs> there and polluting and having two cars and mm-hmm. all this. Okay. So you can you can grow a lot of kids with a very low ecological print. People, kids don't need money in order to grow. It's not a, a economical problem. To a kid. So this is first. Okay. <laughs> but you you're saying personal thing. So for me, uh, it's it's more like a teacher. As a teacher, um, I'm teaching a lot every week mm. for years, and it's very easy for me to express myself in Hebrew, not in English. Sorry. Yeah. But um, and then people are listening to what I'm saying and changing, and there are more and more people working with me, and more schools, and more farms, and more. I can see the change happening. There was nothing here when I started. Mm-hmm. And then you come back home, and you have the family, and the husband, and the kids, and they're not listening to you so much okay. the same way. And so the easiest thing is to say they don't understand. I understand something they don't mm-hmm. understand. Mm-hmm. And, in, and also the same in the community. They don't understand. They understand something else. But here they're using this. They're using. They're doing that. It's wrong. They're <coughs> polluting. They're making garbage. I don't know stuff. So for me, the most important p- 
point here is to remember that they all write, they have a different point in, to, to reflect in this life. And I have this point to reflect in my life, but the most important thing is to accept the different. Okay. Sounds, sounds like easy. a bit of a challenge though. It's the biggest challenge because okay. especially when everyone's so much giving you a respect everywhere you go, and then you come back home and you say, okay, but this is real life. Mm -hmm. And for me, family, in, as a Jewish person, and as an ecological woman, a family, holding, being able to hold a family is the inner point of ecology. Mm -hmm. And I see the, the, the destruction of the ecology in the world, the whole nature in the world, is actually being reflected in family breaking. I see it's the same, it's like a, it's like a mirror. Just a second, it's nice. Sorry about that. It's also with the birds and also the helicopters. <laughs> it's the way to the government. Okay, so you were saying about the. It's very interesting as you were talking about something very amazing. I thought about many times that uh, if um, uh, get in in this uh, journey of like being more connected to nature. It's, we talk about it, just touched on it quite a few times. It's very easy to get that connection. I mean, it's not very easy. It's still a work, but it's much easier to get it when you go on the mountain, so to speak, when you go by yourself and you lock yourself away and, you know, you can meditate without any distractions or anything, but very different story when you come back and you have to deal with kids life. screaming and, uh, you know, deal, yeah, we deal with life. Yeah. So that's a very, very interesting point. It's, a, it's but you made a deeper point there. You said that, that you, you believe that, um, the that's like the crux of the of the issues like a lot of ecological issues in, in the world that, that, that's what you were saying yes I, well we say what i saying when we fix ourselves from within mm -hmm. our most basic uh, fears or anger or ego so it's being reflected out so i'm saying the, the crisis of ecological life in ecosystems is actually only a mirror to the hatred that people feel inside. And for me, okay, there is a pollution, of course, say in the water and the soil, but there is a much higher pollution mm. in the culture, mm. in the beliefs, in the love to each other. In, and I'm not speaking about like, a, like an emotional pollution, maybe. Yeah, emotional and spiritual pollution spiritual is pollution. very, very strong. And it's, it's easy to do permaculture in the garden. To garden the garden is very easy. You know, it's nice. You, you look for edges, you design it, you, you play with the water and the trees. But when you see edges inside of you and your mm. edge is cutting with someone else's edge or belief wow. or idea, then you say, oh, can I still enlarge edges? Or am I stuck, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. with this cement in my soul? So my heart is a cement, actually, in, or a desert or a lawn, how you want to, to call it. It's a very interesting, uh, very interesting concept, really. Like, because um, today it's very, the, the, the very common in the culture. Actually, we've got like a speaker coming soon, We're talking about that specifically. But in our culture, it's very the the main rhetoric. Like the main talk surrounding climate change and pollution and everything is very fear-based. It's something I personally, like, I, I have an issue with just intrinsically. I always felt, even when I wasn't very, didn't research very much, I felt it's a bit of an issue. So we highlight that point that it's, uh, I think the, it sounds like kind of it's going off the, the, the subject of nature connection, but really I think that's probably like one of the hearts of nature connection is, is, is giving space. Just, uh, you, you know, like I, I noticed in my own research a little bit that when you give space to, to nature, actually the solutions become very, very simple. I, I think that that's, you highlighted something even more deep there that, that it's actually you need to give space also to other people. And that's like a, quite, a bit, quite a bit trickier. But it sounds like you said that if, if you give space to other people to, to be themselves, so to speak, you can, uh, it's gonna, we're going to... You can um, get those solutions a lot, a lot better. Nature mm. solutions and, and to, to things like pollution. Is that what you were saying? Yeah. I remember once uh, two of my students, they started a very beautiful eco-village in the north. 
and they called me and my husband to see it and they showed us their school and mm-hmm. they build these houses from mud and they do this and that and that's craft and every was, everything was so beautiful, so beautiful. And then I told them, I also invite you to our community, but I have nothing to show you because everything is happening inside our people's hearts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They didn't really yeah. get me then, mm-hmm. but I remember for me it was a, a big crush understanding that the highest, most intensive word, work, work is, is to accept whoever is different. Usually we, we go after our eyes and we, we look on, on something and we judge it as ecological or not ecological. Uh, is the indigenous or not indigenous? <coughs> but many times the real indigenous doesn't look like indigenous and the indigenous is... <laughs> He's playing it's, it's outside like a, a very nice indigenous show, but actually is far away from the real clean point of living clean spiritual life on the soil, on the land, and being really connected from a very uh, non-possessive uh, mm. point of view. And so people very much, um, I feel, com- confused about it. Also, all the, all the demonstration you see all over the world today, people are demonstrating against, against, against. Mm. And I feel they just miss the point. This is not the point. Well, what do you feel like the point is over there? The point is doing it small in your house, not demonstrating and, and blaming people. You're, you're bad, you're not okay. What it's do you mean doing small you. in your house, Alia? Just living it, being it, you know? Ah, okay. Stay at your home and be it. It's not, it's not very shiny to live a very a small ecological, ecological, ecological life in the middle of the city. It's not shiny. Mm-hmm. It's not as beautiful. It's not, you can't take photographs of it. But it's, it's simple movement in your heart. Do you feel that has, like a, that has effect on your, on your uh, connection to nature, personally? feel that has like a big effect? I mean, even that the garden is very small or maybe there's no farm nearby, so that you feel like that. What, what's, what, what gives you that like, deeper connection with nature or daily connection I'm, with nature? What I'm saying is that actually many times more than living, living green lives, more than it is about doing stuff, mm. it's about stop doing other mm-hmm. stuff. Just being aware. Yeah. You know, avoid from doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And these people don't like. They want to do, they want to demonstrate, they want okay. to shout, they want to show. Mm-hmm. And sometimes... The real, real natural, close to nature life is about stopping from doing it, not going with the car everywhere and not flying everywhere and not, not flying at all. And <laughs> we don't have enough. Uh, but it's a big, it's a big, it sounds like a big call though, Tali. I mean, it's, you know, like it's pretty, it's pretty hard to stand up against, you know, the, all the evidence and look at all this, you know, every day another in, species is dying and it's very sounds like a big call to, to say, okay, you just got to stay home and that will, that will, fix, the, well, that will fix the issues. If we... I, I'm sure the main point is about changing lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Human being lifestyle today is crazy. You know, my family from India, they are my family still. I'm in connection with them in, here and then with emails. You know, they have cellulars, they have a Jeep. They didn't have all that. Why? Because suddenly without a Jeep and a jeans, in a Macbook burger, you, you're not a human being. Mm-hmm. This is human rights. Okay. I'm yes. saying human rights is something else. I feel they lost themselves with this, all this uh, uh, Western lifestyle. Okay. It is catching everywhere. And sometimes finding a more close place to, your, to yourself, to your heart, to your community, to your mm-hmm. children, to your family, to your little plot of soil behind the, the door, it's a very, very special connection so to nature. Maybe mm-hmm. yeah. That we, la- we miss it, you know, because people give this amazing talk and then they go on the, on the, on the airplane again. Okay. And that's okay. There's something lacking with their own connection. I think we should be from mm-hmm. the stairs, not from the... It sounds like what you really saying, Tali, is, is the, the main uh, connection with nature. There is a lot of other connections that kind of come before that or more essential to that. To get to that is like a connection with ourselves and connection with other people. So that's, that's what it sounds like, what you're saying. No, everyone would like to have a, a farm of themselves in a remote place. It sounds like a dream, but this is not where the world is coming to. 
So it's, you know, you can live in a farm in a remote place. I know some people like this, but then they have five cars and every day they go to the work. Uh, they drive this uh, kilometers and back kilometers and, and they, they still like, live the same state of mind of buying, throwing, buying, throwing, buying, throwing. So what if they live in this remote farm? They did not they did nothing. The opposite is true. Tell me, um, I, uh, I, I noticed like in my own, I also have quite a, quite a reasonably large family. And, uh, um, and uh, I noticed in my own, in my own uh, um, journey that the, hab- the power of habits is a very, very uh, powerful thing. Like if there's something, the thing that I do every day or every week, you know, regularly, it, it has a big effect. And I'd be very um, curious if you have any, uh, like even one, just one like habit, it doesn't have to be daily, something weekly, something that you do specifically to like to stay or to get connected again to, to, your, to your work, to... Yeah, even going Can just barefoot, be one, one really simple. Even going barefoot in my grand, in my my garden. Wow, that's barefoot, so funny. It's, it's, and, you, and you do that, you do, like make a point of doing that regularly, or that's all just the time. Really? Okay. All the time. Did you say do that every day? All the time, every day, I work barefoot. Mm. Wow. Okay. Even a compost toilet, you know? And do you, when, Using the compost toilet. Tell me when you when you do the, when you do this is I mean I, I want to say it's a discipline. It sounds more like a habit. But when you do this habit, do you, do you have, are you conscious when you, when you do it or you just like, you just uh, naturally like, it's, uh, it's something when you first started doing it, you were consciously like, okay, I, I want to like connect. That was, uh, it's, it's very natural connection. It's very strong, especially when the soil is so, you know. So just something so, you, you just something you do, you found it like you, it, it really connects you back, something simple like that. Yeah, even only checking mm-hmm. where, where is the sun according to my window. Mm-hmm. It's a lot in the middle of the city, you know. Now it's winter. Now it's, yeah, it's summer. Where where is my sun? There's actually the even sun. A, there's actually even a, in our in our world of in our new modern generation of research. There's actually even a name for this today. It's called grounding. Like somebody actually uh, right. well, they discovered it. It's, you know, it's, it's always been <laughs> no one yeah, discovered the ground. But <laughs> you have today. If you don't have a someone to prove it uh, <coughs> scientifically, so it's not true. It but exist. I discovered it before. You so discovered um, it before. <laughs> So you heard it first on Eco IQ. Talia discovered the ground. <laughs> so um, Eco Eco IQ, the really big thing by us is bringing it down practically. Now I know I don't have to like uh, like they're saying you don't you don't have to preach to the choir with, with you, Talia, because practicality is, is what what you're all about. But uh, I wonder if you could share one simple thing that you would recommend to to our audience that you could do to like make this connection. One, I mean, your own habit of grounding that's a very powerful thing. But uh, is, is there one thing you'd recommend to like somebody maybe that's, uh, um, that uh, doesn't have a very strong connection or they want to yeah. get a bit of a stronger connection, something they can do small practically? Yeah, <laughs> two things that I think are the most important things to do and you can do it everywhere in the city and everywhere. First is buying your food from a local farmer. Mm. I think this is the most ecological practice anyone can do and you don't need to do anything for it. You just order from the email and you get this basket in the entrance of your house and you mm-hmm. can ask them not to put it in uh, bags but to put it in one box and then you get fresh crops that were today harvested and you're helping a local business which is in, in local good business that is donating and giving a lot of work good work for the water and the soil so for me it's the most important uh, mm-hmm. practice and I think it's more ecological to buy your food from a local farmer than to grow another sack of potatoes and peppers. Mm, very interesting. Uh, which very is interesting. a lot of work and a lot of water and a lot of resources. And so, sounds like also important for you there is again the connection to like to, to people, connection to community, to community. and mm, helping and supporting the local uh, the local permaculture uh, agriculturists, mm. small agriculturists. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is stopping to use any cleaning agents okay it's very easy to do actually i'm, I'm even not speaking about buying in nature shops all these plastic uh, okay. natural agents i'm speaking about using uh, uh, like okay bicarb soda bicarb and, and soda. vinegar, okay. and vinegar. And essential okay. oils and that's all <laughs> for really? everything so you don't use any chemicals in your house no you? never. wow okay no. nothing no. what about the washing powder no i make it myself wow how did it's so. not without a recipe <laughs> without a recipe just no. let everyone know how simple it is no, what's, even, what's even just using the, vinegar just... and essential oils yeah 
just put it in, in, your, in your laundry, it's enough. It's okay. beautiful laundry. Wow, okay. And so, also, I'm not throwing laundry to the basket so easily, you know? I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing so many machines every week. Yeah, well, I mean, I can testify I'm here in the house now. It smells very good. So, yeah, <laughs> it's so. the rain that we had yesterday. It's the rain, okay. <laughs> First rain. So um, uh, I, I've, I've learned from my own, like, uh, you know, very humble research that like a lot of the time people that are successful, and I definitely count you as in, in this field as someone that's uh, very successful in this field, just talking before the interview and, and Tali mentioned she's got several thousand people on her, on her email list, which is it's a lot of people. I'm actually thinking about getting close to 10,000 people. That's, that's, a, that's a big following, Tali. So um, I, I definitely call that a level of success. Um, as, as humble as Talia is, we have to have to put it out there. Um, a, a, I found a lot of successful people, they, they have plans. And I, I, know, I know you're similar in that, so I'd really be I'd really curious, just as we, um, before we wrap up, just to know like, what have you got, uh, what's your like, ideas for the, just for the, let's start with just the next year. That's like a small, small thing. Hey, what's, what's coming up for you in the, in the, in the coming year? Right? Focus, which means in half a year, Okay. hoping to find someone to uh, give us a piece of land, not mm -hmm. big, half an acre, two acres, a very small piece of land going in the way up to Jerusalem because we're teaching a new way to Jerusalem. Okay. Uh, to open our Shemitah school with these 21 people that I'm working with. Okay. And just doing it, teaching this method of six years of actions and abandoned in the seventh year. So you're saying what you were, you want to open up a center? Yes, okay. we have we're just now finishing to write the booklet, the book of this six years day pattern, and we want this book to be only for the students. Mm -hmm. And actually, stopping teaching permaculture in a way and starting uh, to teach mita instead. Oh. I feel in Hebrew the word permaculture should be stopped using because it's a very difficult word to say for Hebrew people, for Israeli people. They're breaking the teeth to say permaculture. Okay. And we have all these variations. So I'm saying, why not calling it like, like our ancestors did, which means calling it Shemitah, the art of letting go. And this is what I'm going to do, hopefully, this okay. year. Finish this book and started, well, start a new school. I, I know your plans are always ambitious. Are you, are you saying? Sorry? <laughs> yeah, that's all. This okay, is what I want. Yeah, okay, you should have a lot of you should have a lot of success in that time. I know it's gonna help a lot of people. There's a lot of people that really, you know, look up to you to for those things. I, I, I'm very curious as well. Have you got any like kind of uh, you know picture of yourself, you know, of, of Yara books and, and, and permaculture in general, like your own work in the next ten years? That's like a bit far ahead. I heard once from Tony Robbins that uh, that um, he, he said once before uh, people underestimate, overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in a decade. So he said, always like good to have like a ten years. So I'm curious, what do you see something in the next ten years? Yes, you know the. Of course, the whole, the whole idea of uh, the seven years is already a plan for seven years. Which okay, yeah, that's 10. already a lot. Yeah. And actually, the seven is part of a seven double seven, which means 49 years okay. of, of full cycles. So we're talking about almost a 50-year plan. 50 it's a 50 years, <laughs> okay. 50 year plan. But actually, every, every cycle of, of seven is getting deep and more, more and more deep. And everyone that is finishing to do his seven, first seven circle in his garden or his plot is now a, a guide to start helping other people to do it. So what I'm hoping to do is finding so many guides in the next, making so many guides in the next 10 years. So in 49 years, seven double seven years, yeah. we're going to have Shnatubel, which means in Hebrew, the year of a complete, uh, wow, going out of slavery, no dependent, complete sustainability in all levels, spiritually, wow. and this is the plan. Okay, we, want to, plan. we want okay. to do this, uh, we, want, we want to reach to the Yovel. Okay, okay, it sounds like you're pretty serious about it. Also <laughs> changing the name to the Shemitah, that's uh, very interesting. Uh, just before we go, I just, I'm just curious a little bit, my own uh, uh, question really, um, is that uh, is, you feel that also has a connection to like, uh, how, how does that connect to, how do we connect that to like also like uh, people that, that aren't Jewish or they have less a connection to Shemitah, is that, you think that's also definitely relevant for them too? Oh, of course. The Torah is only, is the model for Israeli people. 
And this model should be happening in Israel because it's a very, very small place and people are like brothers and sisters. We have a very special brotherhood and sisterhood between people living here. Friendship is very easy to build, a real friendship. And so the Torah is saying, Bala Sulam is saying, that the redemption is for all humanity with no differences. It belongs to everyone. But our modest goal here in Israel is to create the model. We have a special model written in the Torah. It's a very ancient model. We have it for 4,500 years. And we, it's the time to implement it. I remember Petsy, my, my, one of my teachers saying, Implementation is the most important thing in permaculture. So we have to implement it. We're so studying it for years and years. You can't even understand it. For thousands of years, people are reciting it, chanting it, the plan, and they don't understand it because they haven't been here. But so now we are here for seven years and we are, it is time to start living it, not only chanting it. Okay, so you, so, so you, feel, so you feel inside those, uh, those teachings of uh, Shemitah and the seven and uh, the, all the um, different cycles, you think there's like, uh, there's deep teachings for people that also, um, they're not Jewish or, or they don't have the it's a model okay. for everyone. It's like, let's take, for example, the Tibetans, yes? Uh, the Dalai Lama, he called, uh, like 20 years ago or 15 years ago, he called a group of rab rab rabbis to come to him and give him a lesson how Israeli people manage to overcome and keep their knowledge through 2,000 years of galut, of exile. exile. He said, you are the teacher for exile, you're experts for exile, and <laughs> okay. I'm only in exile 70 years, so give me the tools. How do I keep my knowledge to, to the next generation? How do I don't lose it? Because I'm not in Tibet, and I have all this information, I don't want it to be lost. And they gave him a whole course of how Israeli nation kept this ancient knowledge. It's indigenous, it's very special knowledge. Mm. Okay, it's just about time for it to uh, be open for everyone. So okay, we okay, need a place to start it, to do it, show it, to be it. Okay, we don't want so. to speak in, it only from papers. We want to live it. Mm -hmm. This is time. Very nice. It should be a very productive time. Oh, and uh, anyone that, uh, so just, uh, I'm asking before we go, obviously, is to anyone that wants to find you, Talia, how do they, uh, now a lot of, um, a lot of things are in Hebrew, but uh, I'm you where will translate my site. Okay, very so nice. yarbooks.com. Yarbooks.com, okay. And also you're running courses now as well? Yes, lots of courses. It's in my site. Okay, okay. So we're going to be... Uh, Hands-on courses and uh, indoors courses and one-day courses and five days and two weeks. And okay, so if you want to di dive into this uh, world that we're talking about, so, you know, get in contact with uh, yarbooks.com. And then we'll be translating this, this uh, um, podcast into a blog, so in, into Hebrew, translating into Hebrew. So, um, so anyone that's reading the blog, so I definitely want to check out uh, Talia's prodigious content. Thank so you. Thank you very much thank for you sharing your time with us, uh, Talia. Thank you. And, uh, and happy holidays. Thank you.